Small businesses are at the heart of the U.S. economy. Here at Nurture Small Business Podcast, we're dedicated to seeing our small business owners succeed. I am your host, Denise Kagan, president of DCA Virtual Business Support. If you like what you hear on today's podcast, please share it. You have my gratitude for doing so. As we look at the upcoming year, many business owners are planning their budgets for 2024. A budget helps you plan for the business's expenses and requires historical data. A forecast, on the other hand, is used for sales and growth. Did you know you can even plan for what your profitability may look like, as well as raises in hiring needs with a forecast? But how you get to a well-laid-out forecast really depends on your business development plan. Because without that, your forecast is a best guess at numbers. Today, we welcome to the show, and I should have asked you this ahead of time, Nancy Calabrese, correct? Close, Calabrese. Calabrese, I apologize. That's fine. (laughs) Bye. Nancy is here with us, and she has a business called One of a Kind Sales. She actually started in 2011, and it started with a different name and rebranded. She employs a unique approach to solving problems using consultative selling. So Mm -hmm. in order to get those numbers, you need somebody who can help you sell. How are you today, Nancy? I'm really excited to be speaking with you, Denise. You know, it's my favorite topic, selling. So um, let's get right down into it. Absolutely. Tell me a little bit first about mm-hmm. your history. What did you do before 2011? What led you to starting your own company? Yeah, well, um, when I was young, um, like close to 30, I was in corporate America. And I always had issues with, you know, the way the company ran. And finally, my uncle, who's my mentor, said, Nancy, did you ever figure out that you don't like people telling you what to do? And he was right. And so anyway, I left corporate America. I was a recruiter and I joined um, a headhunting firm, two recruiting firms. And I spent a couple of years there. Um, and in 91, I decided to take the leap and I started my recruiting practice. I have I had a specialty in insurance um, and it was another recession. Uh, I had a non-compete. And if I learned anything, Denise is, you know, if you focus on the right activities, you can make business happen. So Fast forward to like 2008-ish, we had placed nine salespeople with this one insurance brokerage. And the one thing they hated doing was picking up the phone and cold calling. And so they hired me and my team to schedule appointments for their producers. And we had two and a half people doing it. Um, And in a year, we set 300 appointments which blew us away. And I I realized, wow, there is such a need in the business community for what we do. So um, I sold that business and then created, at the time, it was one-of-a-kind surge. Then we went to one-of-a-kind solutions and then rebranded finally to one-of-a-kind sales. Um, And uh, we love doing what most people hate doing, which is just engaging in conversation with strangers, you know, because sales is all about human connection. 
right? And and so we study it. My team is professionally sales trained. So each and every week we deconstruct the cold call. We listen to recordings. Um, they they just get sales tips fed to them every week. And so do I. Uh, I can't get enough of it. So that's kind of my history. Excellent. You said something related to that insurance company. You said, if you focus on the right activity, sales will happen. Tell me what you want. Well, there are only certain activities we can control, right? We can control the amount of times we pick up the phone and make the effort, but we can't control if that person's going to be available, right? Um, We can control our skill in delivering the conversation, because I think it all starts with the script. You create a script and then you own it and you internalize it. So it doesn't sound like you're reading it. I mean, there's nothing worse, right? Uh, When you get a call and you know, the person is reading it, it's almost painful to hear them do that. So that we can control. Um, We also can control the amount of time that we commit to doing the function. Uh, We cannot control at the time of the call whether or not that person on the other end is really in need of the service that we're providing. And that's one of the things we're trained to do. We we believe if there's no pain, there's no sale. Um, And then we just move on. Um, You know, the saying here is every no gets you to a yes. So we look as a no as a positive because we're on our way to getting the yes. In your history that you explained to me, you did not ever say once that you were trained like Sandler trained or some other method. It sounds like your expertise comes from actually applying it and doing this. Well, I we happen to be Sandler trained now, okay. but I didn't <laughs> know Sandler existed. Mm-hmm. And I was just always hungry and curious to learn. You know, when I I started in sales, there were no fax machines. There were no computers. (laughs) It was all paper. And um, I just had an appetite to learn. And so I would get books. um, I would, um, and there were no podcasts to listen to. So I think that curiosity helped me. And then I attended a workshop years ago, and uh, Chip Chip Reichart, who was my original trainer, happened to be speaking in this workshop. And everything he said, I said, oh, my God, this is exactly what I do. This is what I do. The light bulb went off. So I was very strategic. I wanted to get in front of him. And then we made it. I made it happen. And he became a client of ours. And then he started uh, training our team. So yeah, I'm a very big believer in training ongoing. I agree. Training is key to any function, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. So when business owners come to you, mm-hmm. what's the first thing you ask them? Well, after, you know, bonding a rapport, I'm curious to learn what motivated them to take the call to get them to start talking about what we call pain points. Um, you know, part of our consultative approach is we do a couple of things. We're actors, really. 
And the script might be the same, but you don't know who you're speaking with on the phone, what their communication style is. So we are trained to match their communication style. And once we kind of nail that, then we ask emotional questions because people buy based on emotion. Um, we want them, you know, I say this jokingly, want the dagger to go in and twist, twist, because the more pain we uncover, the greater the likelihood they're going to set the appointment and could very well lead to closed business for our client. Okay. So I heard bonding and rapport, pain points, mirroring and appeal to emotion. Did I? Oh, absolutely. I no, nothing. Well, you know. In the beginning, Bonnie, in a rapport, always asking permission. If you give me 30 seconds, I'll let you know why I'm calling and you tell me if it makes sense to continue. And using that approach, we rarely get hung up on. We almost always get the right to say what we want to say. So this is approach that you would use with cold calling. Yes. Okay. Just want to make sure. Yeah, but um, even any... um, all right, a warm call, call, like if I called you, I know you. So I'm not going to necessarily ask for permission. Or if I did need to run something by you, you weren't expecting my call. I could very well say, look, Denise, if you give me 30 seconds, let, I'll let you know why I'm calling. And um, we can either continue it now or at another time. I like that approach. I very much like that approach. So... To be clear, your company performs the cold calling, not just coaching people to do it. Or do you do both? We do both. Yeah. My other product line is call center in a box. So we work with inside sales teams to coach them. Um, We also put them through our portal. And by doing that, we're able to track activities that you can control, like the number of dials the number of uh, conversations. We look at conversion ratios. You know, we're able to determine who uh, are performers and who are the people that need help. And we report that back to the management. We really enjoy doing that too. Yeah. Okay. Let's focus just a bit on the consultation side. And I'm going to come back to the making cold calls. in a bit. So when you have a, say, whether it's a sales team or, you know, a a business owner, CEO like myself, who needs to do calls and absolutely, I frankly hate doing cold calls. Uh, I don't do cold calls. I'll be honest with you. No surprise. (laughs) surprise. (laughs) That was what I was going to ask you, actually. What, what is it that people come to you? um, You know, like I just confessed, I don't like doing them. Is that typical? Oh, very much so. Very much so. You know, they 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 just have this maybe call reluctance, fear. You know, people are apt to go out and do face-to-face networking. Mm-hmm. But picking up a, a phone and a cold call is phone networking. And it's actually more efficient. Because when you go to a networking meeting, you still have to walk up to a stranger and say hi right? It's still the same. It's just over the phone. The other advantage of doing it over the phone um, versus face-to-face networking is you don't know who's going to show up at that meeting, whether or not they're going to be a target audience for you. But in phone 
prospecting, you build a very targeted list. So the people that you are likely to be in front of could be potential buyers for your service. Okay. The business owner comes to you. He wants, she, he, she wants help. And it sounds like you do a couple of things besides the coaching. It sounds like you help them build lists. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Part of our onboarding. Walk me through that process. (laughs) Yeah. So when a customer signs up with us, we have a two-week onboarding period where we put the project together and we provide leads. The leads are generated based on the criteria that the client would give us. So we want to know what industries, who the decision makers are going to be, how large are the companies, where are the territories. Um, and we typically collect three months worth of leads. Um, and because, you know, some folks out there believe you need thousands and thousands of leads. And I, I don't agree with that. You want to get three months worth of targeted leads so that you rotate them. In month one, you're calling a batch for four weeks. So our rule is four weeks, we make eight to 12 touches. If we haven't spoken with that person, that lead gets recycled for 90 days. We're going to speak with people that won't need the service. So that's a no, but we take a no as a not now and recycle. And then obviously we set appointments. So that's month one. Then we hit month two, same process, different leads. And month three, rinse and repeat. Then we hit month four. And what starts happening to these sales organizations is you're becoming familiar. The prospects are aware of you. They're respectful that you're even following up. I mean, how many salespeople don't follow up? And if you think through the whole year, we're going to be in front of that audience four times a year, each time for a four-week period. You talked about target audience a couple of times already. So how do you walk a client through that? Well, clients have to really know their target in order to be effective, to have a business. And uh, frankly, I, I probably wouldn't move forward with a company that wasn't clear on that. And I'll tell you why. If you start calling, say, an industry they want to target, and then you say, you know what, now I want to target another industry. When you do that, you're starting fresh again because they haven't heard from you. So you really want to have a good feel for your ideal prospect. So it sounds like they need to do some maybe customer mapping and customer journey type of work, persona identification ahead Mm -hmm. of time before they come to you. Absolutely. Yeah, that would be ideal. Yeah. I mean, it's really necessary. And if you, you know, listen to any of the other sales training uh, organizations or coaches, they all say the same thing. It all starts with your ideal prospect. And you said something there that actually supports that because you said, if they didn't know, I might not move forward. Um, So that's part of, I think small business owners get so excited about the sale and I've done it. Okay. (laughs) That you, that you 
look at something and like, yeah, we can do this, but it not, might not be your sweet spot. And you might think you can do it, or you might think the skills are transferable. We recently um, accepted it was a, it was a charter school, you know, and I was thinking, well, okay. And executive directors kind of like a CEO. And we do have nonprofits that we work for executive directors. So we can right. do this. We had no no education in the public education area. Right. It was not a fit for us. And we no. both parties determined that pretty quickly. Yeah. So the wiser thing would have been for me to say, you know, I don't think this is a good fit. Yeah. You know, it's it's really hard to walk away from business, especially if you don't have a lot of activity in your pipeline, right? We've all been guilty of that before. Um, in addition to that, you know, you also want to get to know your prospect before you agree to do business with them, because you don't want a bad egg in your book of business, right? If their approach to business is not a good fit for your approach to business, then it's like oil and water. And you don't, you don't want that. <laughs> when, one of my key indicators when I'm speaking to people is if they mention Fiverr, I know they don't have the budget to afford us. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, that's a, you know, that's a good pre-qualifying question for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So pre-qualifying questions, how do you help your um, clients develop those? Um, most of them will know what kinds of questions they want us to ask. And here's the key, you know, a cold call will last anywhere from four to nine minutes. So you do get them to agree to the appointment. And gee, you know, Denise, let me ask you a few questions just so that so-and-so is better prepared for the call. And you may want to ask maybe four questions, really important questions. For instance, we're doing uh, an insurance campaign and um, they're having us target taxis. And one of what's really important for this company is that we collect the renewal dates, whether they're interested or not at the time of the call, they still want the renewal dates because then they can market to them based on their renewal dates. It determines a time frame for when to call them back. Excellent. Yep. I love yep. that. I love that. Mm-hmm. All right. How many people do you have on your team? 13. Wow. And growing. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm impressed. Now, has the economy perked up your business or has it slowed it down? Um, this year, I have to say... It, it it really has slowed it down a little bit. I'm finding while the need is out there, people are hesitant to move forward. They're taking longer to make buying decisions. Things have started turning around, which is good. And my guess is it's going to be even better next month because a lot of companies think that, okay, nobody does anything at the end of the year. That's not Untrue. true. People are in real festive moods at the end of the year. I mean, we set appointments during Christmas week every year without fail. And so, but they they think that, okay, we'll do the onboarding in December and launch in January, which is fine. You know, that's typical. But yeah, this year, um, unlike any other year in business, I I did feel, and um, through Sandler, 
and other people I've spoken with, I think it's hit all of us. How about you? Have you felt it? I have been seeing it a lot with some of the nonprofits I work with. Uh, Their donations are way down. Um, People are just not willing to let go of the money, which is slightly different than making a purchase, but it's still money. So they're, they're deciding to hold on to that money, which is, you know, the, the longer purchase decision-making time. Yep. I, I get a wild mix, to be honest with you. I get a mix of people who, um, you know, two to four weeks and I've got a decision and then mm-hmm. I get a mix of people who stretch out months and sometimes they come back in a, in a year, six months out um, yeah. to rekindle the conversation. And then I have some that when I speak to them, they're like, just send me the agreement. All right. Isn't that what you want to hear? <laughs> Most of the time. Sometimes I have to slow them down, though, to make sure that they are um, the right fit, because it's hard for me to get caught up. It's hard because I get caught up in that momentum and then I have to go, whoa, okay. Make sure you're hearing what the things you need to hear. Absolutely. You're you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, I, I jumped on that, but if they're quick to buy, they may be quick to quit. Mm-hmm. Or complain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you need to really find out what those needs are. All right. What should I have asked you that I have not asked you? A fun fact about me. Tell me a fun fact about you. Yeah. You're this guy? Yeah. No, wait uh-huh. So on the audio, she's holding a um, tuxedoed. What is that? A, a, that is Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney figure. <laughs> My goal in life is to meet this guy, and believe it or not, I've gotten close so many times. I ask everyone, you know, <laughs> do you know him? Do you know him? I was at a beach in Long Island the next weekend. He was on the same beach. I wasn't there in the city. I went to a place, you know, long story short. And finally he's married to a Nancy who is a brunette. So here you go, Paul, if you're listening in, <laughs> so I'm any, here. <laughs> any of our listeners out there, if you can introduce Nancy to Paul McCartney, Nancy's going to tell you how she can, how you can get in touch with her. That's right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so tell us how, how our listeners can find you after the show for either Paul McCartney Carney or to learn about sure. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn, Nancy Calabrese, C-A-L-A-B-R-E-S-E, or go to the website oneofakindsales.com. And I'd be happy if you have any questions. I'm happy to take some time and speak with you. Yes, over the phone. <laughs> <laughs> and remember. You need that sales support and business development plan to put your forecast in play. Thank you, Nancy. Hey, Denise, you were great. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining me for today's Nurture Small Business podcast, where the focus is on business growth through technology, leadership, and people strategies. Do you have an idea for a podcast or feedback you'd like to share with me? send me a note through my website at dcavirtual.com slash contact.